This podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. Nerd Wallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and this is a bonus episode of Next Question. Da-da-da-da. Today, I'm sharing another stop on my book tour, and this time, it's Atlanta. Everyone said, please don't say hot Lana. Don't worry, Atlanta. I'm not going to. Where I got to talk to one of my favorite people. And yes, I'll be saying that a lot, but it's true. The barefoot Contessa herself, Ina Garten. So, bon appetit. You guys are in for such a treat because my next guest is one of my favorite people on the planet, probably one of yours too. Ina Garten seems to... Garten, to me, seems to signify everything that is good in the world. Her very name just makes you feel better, doesn't it? Her cookbooks are my go-to for everything from panzanella to pasta pesta with peas and pine nuts, which is very alliterative, Uh, from her famous coconut cupcakes to her delicious roast chicken, which we'll talk about. She's got her show on the Food Network, of course. She's developing another show with guests. Maybe she'll invite Mia Molnar, fingers crossed. And she's currently working on her 13th cookbook. So please welcome Ina Garten. Ina, everyone's so excited you're here. Um, I shouldn't say this, but you're my favorite guest in all the cities, so don't tell <laughs> we'll anyone. Keep it a secret. <laughs> so, so let's talk about because I think during the pandemic, Ina, you were such a comforting presence for so many people. Before you. that, you were a comforting presence, but you spread such joy. And one of my favorite moments was when you poured a giant Cosmo <laughs> that was nobody saw that. It right? was more than the size of our heads. Um, I think we actually have a video of you. There you go. And I would say, 
you know. Stay safe, have a very good time, and don't forget the cocktails. Mm. Did you drink that whole thing? Delicious. No. There's a whole <laughs> bottle of vodka in there. Where did that idea come from? Because so, it cracked me up. It actually started out as an April Fool's thing. And um, when, when the pandemic hit in the beginning of March, I said to my assistants, let's go downstairs in the basement, clean it out, and then we'll have room to store, you know, shelf goods and things like that for the year. Because I thought we were going to be in this for a year or two. <laughs> and there were these huge cocktail glasses, martini glasses, somebody gave us as a joke. And I said, oh, let's throw these out. And my assistant said, you never know when you're going to need them. And I thought, <laughs> cocktail glass like this. And you needed them then, sooner than you thought. Sooner than I thought. A month later, it was April 1st, and I thought, I'll do a little uh, April Fool's joke. But as it, as, you know, as it kind of evolved in my thinking, I thought, nobody needs a joke the second week of the pandemic. So, but everybody needs a cocktail. <laughs> so, so I just decided, I'm just going to do it straight. And I had enough ingredients to make one of those. That was it. If I, if I messed up the video, I was in trouble. I had to make a totally different cocktail. Well, it made so. everybody laugh. And I, you know, I love following you on Instagram because you have so much fun. And, you, you know, I think it's given you, I mean, you were already huge, Ina, well, and so popular, but it's kind of given you this whole new presence and such a I, a place where your fans can see you on a regular basis. It's amazing what Thank it's done, you. right? Well, it's funny. When, when the pandemic hit and my f a friend of mine, who's the head of publicity at, at, um, at my publisher, said, you know, you should be the person that people go to if they don't know what to do with the white beans in their, in their pantry. And I was like, I can't tell them that. Well, I mean, I don't know that. And, and I thought about it for a day and I thought, well, let me see if I can. So I sort of posted a picture of my pantry, which was funny because there were ramen noodles in there, and everybody went, she has ramen noodles? <laughs> what is she, a college she freshman? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had bought them. I had no idea what to do with them. <laughs> but well, I ended up making ramen chicken noodle soup, which was actually great. Wow. So, well, you know, I think but, we both have, because I, I love Instagram, too, and I, yeah. and I, I actually don't live too far away from yeah, each other exactly. in East Hampton. And, you know, there's something great about being able to talk directly to an audience. I was just completely blown away when I, when I said, okay, I'll just try it. And I started posting something every day. And people were talking to me. And it was all of a sudden I felt like I was connected again. Yeah. It was really incredibly satisfying. I love and the I knew the answers, which yeah. shocked me. You know, like what should I do with the white beans? I just, I knew what to do. And, so. and there is something really <laughs> wonderful about the interactivity that you get, yeah. you know, I, during Especially the pandemic, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I, I did a lot of videos about frontline healthcare workers yeah, you did. and I, I love I, your Instagram, you know, I try to post things like when there are these, these tragedies and they're these faceless victims. Mm -hmm. I try to, to show that, these, it. that the, yeah, humanize it and show that these were people with with lives and families, right, and, and I think and, that's something yeah. that that people forget when they hear statistics. So I I really like going direct to consumer, as they say. Yeah. And and you probably never get trolls, do you? I mean, people who have nasty things to say about me. Yeah. Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> Rarely, I have to say rarely. I can't I have imagine. To say, I mean, who who would 
say something mean to Ina. <laughs> I get plenty of them and I just block their asses. <laughs> so, That's a good plan. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I want to talk to Ina because Ina is also writing a memoir, which is so exciting. <laughs> it's not going to be like Katie's. <laughs> I mean, she's in the very beginning stages, but tell me a little bit about it. Well, tell me first how you started. So you just decided to do it, and I have to say, it was so brave of you to really get in, you know, just decide you were gonna put it all out there. You were going there. Yeah. <laughs> were there any times when you said to yourself, well, maybe I shouldn't go there? Well, I did, I did keep some things out. Good. There, believe Good. it or not, there's like two things in my life that are still private. <laughs> That's it. But, um, did it know, evolve, or did you know going in that you were gonna do that? Well, I, I was working on it for three years, and I I really wanted to write a book that felt like I was sitting down with friends mm -hmm. and sharing what it felt like to be in my position mm -hmm. in all kinds of situations. And, and John said to me, and it's all his fault, if you're <laughs> not going to be honest, you shouldn't write a book. Yeah. And so I, I really tried to just share myself with people because I didn't want it to be like, uh, you know, I'm Great by Katie Couric. I wanted it to be introspective and reflective, and I also did it against the backdrop of pretty dramatic social change mm -hmm. when it comes to gender politics, race in this country, you know, gay rights. I've witnessed so much. You've been there. And right. I wanted yeah. to kind of talk about being front and center and having that, you know, front row seat to history. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, there are a lot of people who've dealt with loss and grief, and I never wanted to write about it right after Jay died, Ina, because I felt like it was private. This was mm -hmm. him. But 20 years later, I felt like I could share what I went through because, you know, I have so many people DMing me who have sick spouses mm -hmm. or who are dealing with a terminal illness themselves, looking for support and guidance. And I thought by sharing my story, maybe I could help them and too. And you do. And you I actually try. do. I'm trying. Yeah, that's really, but, but it's wonderful. Well, um, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard to write. And and, and one did, of the nice things go, I was going to say what? is is it kind you know for my daughters they were so little when Jay oh. died, and writing about him when we met and fell in love, um, you know it made their father come alive for them. Mm -hmm. And they both called me after reading the chapters, and they were just sobbing, and they said. Thank you so much for writing this. It's such a gift to us. Wow, so that's that made it all worthwhile. That's wonderful. But but um, tell me about tell me about your memoir because you've actually been traveling to some of the places where well, you've lived and grown up, etc. I'm I'm working with a friend of mine who's a writer and has written actually two memoirs with people with Tina Turner and with Oprah and she's just doing a lot of the research like going back and finding my high school friends which has been so amazing to reconnect with them you know they're women that have changed their names twice I don't know how she found them but <laughs> she did <laughs> and and it's just really wonderful so so they remember stories that I don't remember and they kind of trigger you know a, um, a memory for me um, or um, we went back to my my life in Washington, which was in the 70s, late 70s. And um, I used to buy old houses and renovate them, so we went to see each one. And the last one, um, she just said to me, okay, we're stand standing in front of the townhouse that I had um, bought, and, and I lived in when I moved to West Hampton. 
And, uh, and she said, imagine yourself on the steps. And I just lost it. And I realized it was a really painful experience that I'd completely forgotten. So it, actually being there and seeing it with somebody saying, imagine yourself there, was really powerful. Did I, you find any of those experiences where you didn't, I mean, how did you, did you have journals? Did you, how did you remember? Yeah, I don't remember I, anything. I, 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 <laughs> well, I'm well, just making it up, guys. So. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I had to write it now. You know, I'm 64 and I thought about calling it while I still remember. But, um, you know, I, I'm a pack rat and so oh, I I'm keep not. everything. I'm not, I throw everything out. Oh, you're like John, he has, doesn't have a sentimental bone in his body. But I kept all my speeches, I had diary. Wow. I had, um, you know, of course, and, and the internet is really helpful because yeah. I could go back and look at stories I had done in the past and the archivists at all the networks were really generous in sending me material. And, you know, I kept like my, my, my little flashcards from the 2008 wow. election down wow. in my basement folders from our specials I had done on the Central Park Jogger. I mean, so I'm just happy I can now clean my basement, yeah. honestly, and can throw those things away. It's out. But, you know, I think yeah. it is a very emotional experience, I think, looking back on your life. And, you know, you talk about Washington, and one of the, one of the really interesting things of many things that I love about Ina is she actually started as a nuclear policy analyst in the in the Carter White House, right? And Ford. In the Ford, the Ford White, White House. House. So, like so, ancient history. I mean, who knew? <laughs> and I said to Ina, well, what, will you tell us, what attracted you to nuclear policy? <laughs> doesn't sound attractive it to you? Doesn't sound, it doesn't sound very interesting to me. You know, was, I think when, when, you know, I was in my 20s and I think I was writing um, policy papers that went to the president to make decisions. So it wow. felt, you know, it felt serious. And, you know, I mean, part of me thought, I can't believe they trust this to 25-year-olds. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was doing. And I like science. I, I find science really interesting. And so all of the, the scientific issues were interesting to me. Um, and in a funny way, I think I find cooking science as well. Yeah. It's, they're really related. So you decide... Except one, you end up with nuclear energy, and the other one, you end up with coconut cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for the coconut cupcakes. Me too. <laughs> well, so how did you make the transition? So you're, you're doing this wonky job in Washington, D.C. Thinking there's got to be something more fun than this. Right? Yeah. And it's just not floating your boat. And yeah. you decide that... Well, tell us about the, the, how you got from nuclear policy to the barefoot contessa. Um, I was uh, sitting in my office one day thinking I've got to do something else, and I was reading the New, the New York Times, which I should, probably should have been working, but I was reading the <laughs> Times, and there used to be this thing called the business opportunities section in the Times that had like cleaners, dry cleaners, and like delis and head shops for sale, <laughs> and there was a little specialty food store in a place I'd never heard, I'm really never been, in the Hamptons. And I just thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And I went home that night and I said to Jeffrey, you know, I really need to do something else. And he gave me the best advice. He said, do what you love. If you love it, you'll be really good at it. And I said, you know, funny you should mention it. I'd seen this little ad. It was a tiny little ad. And, um, and he said, This was 1978? 1978. And he said, let's go look at it. And I think now, in retrospect, I think he was just humoring me. <laughs> so the next day we drove up to West Hampton. And I saw this 400-square-foot store 
just like the size of this carpet. <laughs> and they were baking chocolate chip cookies, and I thought, this is where I want to be. And I just made her a very low offer, thinking, you know, well, she'll come back, we'll negotiate, I'll have time to think about it. And we drove back to Washington, and the next day she called me on the phone and said, thank you very much, I accept your offer. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> now I have to do it. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to work that way. <laughs> When we come back, the dish that almost broke Ina and the meal she'll never forget. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. I mean, Ina and Jeffrey, let's let's talk about Ina and Jeffrey, shall we? I mean, years, I mean, it's like such a great love story. And I was so moved when when you were talking to me about Jeffrey because he has given you so much and he really gave you the power to believe in yourself. You yeah. know, your your parents were not as... Not, not as, supportive. They weren't supportive. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, writing this book for me, I, I so was so grateful for my mom and dad because yeah. I was always very, very close. And they were, you know, my friend Wendy knew my parents well, and they just gave me such unconditional love and support. But you came from parents who were kind of withholding, to say the least, right? They were anything but supportive. <laughs> yeah. They really thought I'd never amount to anything, which is amazing. And, um, but, you know, in, in the end, you and I have talked about this. We only need one person to, to really believe in us. And it could be a teacher, it could be a parent, it could be a spouse. It's just one person who just believes in you. And for me, that was Jeffrey, and my whole life turned around. And, and what was yeah. it that he gave you that... That made you. He th- just th- thought th- I could do anything, anything I wanted to do, and he would. He would put. I mean, when I bought the store, it was twenty thousand dollars, which was. I mean, it, if we had a thousand dollars to our name, that was a lot. We, you know, we got a loan for the rest of the money, so we put in more money than we had, and he was just like, just go, go do it, and uh, I think that's that kind of. 
Unconditional support is really extraordinary. You know, he's become sort of a little bit of a rock star too, Ina. And I'm curious. He's much more popular than I am. <laughs> what, what does he think when people make such a fuss over him? Look at that. That is the cutest picture. <laughs> I think he likes when people make a fuss over me <laughs> more than himself. Really? Yeah. Does he feel uncomfortable with all the attention? Oh, come on. Know. He gets a kick out of it, doesn't he? He likes when people say, I, I, I like what your wife does. That's oh, really sweet. That's nice. And, you know, you mentioned one person, and I know I mentioned this earlier, but I just have to tell you all, especially because I'm here in Atlanta, um, Don Farmer, who is Justin's dad, who passed away this year, was so, so supportive of me. Of course, my parents were as well. Mm -hmm. My dad was a big supporter, and he was a journalist and thought I could write, and I was a big procrastinator, so he thought I'd be good under deadline because I never did my homework until I was waiting for the school bus in the morning. But, but Don Farmer, you know, he, he gave me an opportunity. He worked with me. He nurtured me. And I tell the story in my book. I walked into a meeting at CNN. It was full of male executives and one young woman who was doing the promos. And the number two guy at CNN said, well, that's not like Kate, that Katie. She's successful because of her intelligence, hard work, and breast size. <laughs> and this was when incredible? I was 26 years old, and I was so taken aback. And I came back to Chris and Don. They were husband-wife anchor team. And I said to them, this just happened to me. I, I, I don't know what to, what to do. And he put a piece of typewriter in his IBM Selectric, Google it, you young people, and we, <laughs> we wrote a memo to the guy at the time, Ed, no relation to Ted Turner, and basically, um, you know, said what you did was totally inappropriate. I would like you to apologize to me immediately. And Ed Turner called, and he was just, you know, beside himself apologizing. And as I write in the book, I loved having his nuts and advice. Um, <laughs> is that wrong? Anyway, um, but, but Don really, I think in a way, believed, set the yeah. tone for me yeah. for the rest of my career that I didn't have to put up with that kind of guff. Yeah. And you're right about one person kind of just, just being your champion. Just being your champion. Yeah. Just saying, you can do it. You can do anything. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, you've taken so many risks. And I think that's something you and I have in common because you left the White House. <laughs> you then, um, you know, bought the Barefoot Contessa. Then you sold that to two of your employees. Yeah. Then you decided, I'm going to write, start writing cookbooks. No, I decided I would write a cookbook while I figured out what to do with myself. Oh, that's that right. That was just a transitional project. Well, it worked out pretty <laughs> yeah, well, didn't, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it worked out really well. And, but but you I know, know. you, you, you were nervous know. about writing a cookbook. Yeah, I didn't think I knew anything about writing a cookbook. <laughs> and, and now you're on your 13th. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think... My, my philosophy of life is that you have to jump in the pond. You can stand on the side of the pond all, forever, talking about what the pond's going to feel like. But you have to get in. You just have to jump in. And what I found out when I was writing cookbooks is it was really fun. I loved the team of people that did the photographs. I loved um, designing the books. I loved testing the recipes over and over to make sure they're really good. I, I loved every part of that process. I loved making sure the binding was right so that the book stayed flat when you, um, when you opened it. You don't want the pages to go up. I mean, yeah. every detail of that book, I, as in, I wanted it to be a beautiful object as a gift, but also really accessible if you wanted to use it as a cookbook. And I know when you come up with recipes, Ina, 
you have to, you're very, very exacting, aren't you? You have Extremely. to really, you, she's very controlling, actually. Very controlling. <laughs> but, That's why we get along so well. <laughs> but, but you you have to kind of have a real plan in place, right? Take us with, you know, kind of tell us how you develop a recipe, because I'm fascinated by that. Well, first, I have to have an idea of exactly what I want the recipe to be. So I'm going to take an early one, like pan-fried onion dip. I remembered Lipton's onion soup mix, and I thought, I'm sure I can make something that's better <laughs> with real ingredients. And then I would just start cooking. I would just start making sautéed onions, slowly caramelized, and then add ingredients until I reach exactly what I have in my head, the flavor, the texture, the heat, the whatever it is. And, um, and then once I've, I've done that, I've written it down, I give it to at least one other person, often two or three, and watch them make it. And I find out what somebody with a printed page does with that, with that recipe. And I learn so much. You know, somebody's like chopping onions and they'll go, and I'll go, just stop. I want to know what your question was so I can answer it in the margin. So oh, wow. somebody knowing, you know, has the same question you have, they'll, um, they'll just see the answer there. Is there anything that you just have not been able to master? I, I think I remember you telling me, it wasn't a Boston cream pie. Boston cream pie. I probably worked on that for six years. <laughs> it, was like, it was like crazy. I would make it. I, it's, it's complicated because it's the cake, the pastry cream, and the chocolate glaze have to be perfectly layered, and the textures have to work together. So if the chocolate's too strong, it overpowers the pastry cream, or the cake is too boring, it doesn't stand up to it. It's, there's, there's kind of a layering, and I had it almost right, and I had a, um, actually an interview with Christina Tozzi, who's the woman who owns Milk Bar, and I, she, she asked me the same question. I said, I'm really close with Boston cream pie, but the cake's a little dry, and she said, why don't you try a soak, which is an orange juice, orange zest, and sugar syrup that you brush on the cake. And that and, kind of trickles down to it, make it yeah, moist? Yeah, it just flavors the cake and it keeps it moist. I went home that night and made it. And it was like, bingo, that was, it was exactly what I was looking for. Voila, so, you voila. mastered the Boston that, cream pie. That's Boston, and I think it's in, it's in comfort food, modern comfort food. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and talk, let's talk about your, your famous chicken, because your roast chicken, <laughs> I make that all the time, and it's been renamed engagement chicken. And the, the genesis of the engagement chicken is funny, because I was at a party, and the, is there a picture That's of a engagement picture chicken? Of you with the chicken, yeah. There, I was at a party, and there were these young women from Glamour Magazine who came over to me and said, oh, we love your roast chicken recipe. We actually call it engagement chicken. And I said, why? And they said, because every time a young woman in the office makes it for their boyfriend, they're engaged within 24 hours. <laughs> and it's I thought, true. that's a powerful chicken. Right? I was like, what do you what? put in that bird? Like, love potion number nine? What is it? And I think recently, Emily Blunt, didn't she say? She, she told Ruth Rogers at, um, at River Cafe on a podcast that she made it for John Krasinski, and he asked her to marry her and asked her afterwards. <laughs> and wait, and there was somebody else recently. Megan Mark. Oh, yeah, Meghan Markle. <laughs> there you go. Yes. That's incredible. That's magical. What are some of, like, the, do you think are the most important skills that you need to, to learn in the kitchen? Um, you know, I don't think you need to be a restaurant chef. I think you need to know how to make four things really well and just make them over and over and, and really kind of get comfortable. And they don't have to be complicated. If you can make a roast chicken, you can make a roast turkey. Just takes a little longer. Um, you can make, um, I mean, you can really, if you make roast broccolini, you can make roast squash, 
Roasting vegetables is really easy. And you and I were talking about how simple Roasting food. Roasting tomatoes. Yeah, simple food, food is sort of the best. And yeah. I've been cooking. I cooked a little more during the pandemic. My daughter carries vegan, and she was cooking all sorts of recipes. And, you know, I have a garden. And in the summer, if you have farm stands and you have this, there's nothing like going out to a Just garden. really simple. And, like, taking one of those... What are they called? Sunfold tomatoes? Oh, oh sunfold tomatoes, the yellow ones. I have them too. And they're, and they're just warm and yeah. delicious. They're like candy. And that's why I love cooking in the summer. Is that your favorite season for cooking? I, don't know. I like cooking all the time. I, in the winter, <laughs> I like stews and, you know, like red wine braised short ribs and things like that. But in the summer, you know, when it's the, the farm stands have corn and it's delicious, just cut it off the cob and saute it in butter. It's like you're done. Yeah. It's just really good. And now you've got your, your show, and I'm excited about about this new show you're working on, I'm Ina, doing called, it for Discovery. It's called Be My Guest, and tell everyone about it because I know you've shot four episodes. I've shot four episodes. Haven't seen it yet, so I'm hoping it's good. I'm sure it'll be good. <laughs> um, and each each episode, I invite somebody that I want to talk to, and so I invited Willie Geist, who is with uh, the Today Show, yeah. MSNBC, and uh, Sunday to Sunday Today. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Sunday Today. Um, so my first guest was like a great interviewer, so I was really nervous. But you're doing the interviews, right? I'm doing the interviews. And it, what happened over the pandemic is usually people were interviewing me, but people started asking me to interview them. And I was like, I'm not a journalist. I, I, I was really surprised. Like, like um, John Grisham. I mean, people not even in the food field. Stanley Tucci, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... I, I just thought, oh, this is so interesting. Maybe I'll just kind of follow that stream. And, and, and really, happens. it's really the art of conversation. And you do I, it around cooking. And I, This is right? like the best job in the world. You can ask somebody that you think is really interesting to come over for the day and have a good time with them. I mean, that's what you do. I know. It's just fabulous. And you're really good at it, too, Well, I Ina. hope so. <laughs> and you had Julian. We'll see. You had Julian, Julian Margulies. And uh, my friends Rob Marshall and John DeLuca, who are the producer and director of major um, movies like Chicago and Mary Poppins Returns and just wonderful movies. And then you had Erin French. And there's a woman whose name, I don't know how many people know, know her. Her name is Erin French. She's the owner of a restaurant in Maine called Lost, Lost Kitchen. Does anybody know her name? She just wrote a book. Yeah, yeah she just, just wrote a book uh, in the last year about really her harrowing uh, sort of upbringing. An extraordinary, extraordinary journey to the hardest restaurant in America to get into. In order to get into this restaurant in Maine, it's in the middle of nowhere, town of 719 people. They count exactly how many people are in town. Um, you have to send in a postcard by April 1st, and by lottery, they pick out every single reservation for the entire season on April 1st. And people try for years to get into this restaurant. I actually haven't gotten in yet. <laughs> yeah. I think somehow but something she, tells me that you're really going to be able to get in. she's really quite an extraordinary, extraordinary woman. Yeah. And there's a, she has a, uh, a series on Discovery now, which is wonderful, called Lost Kitchen. Someone's in the kitchen with Ina, and I guess that's me. Get it? Only people of a certain age, probably. Anyway, more with Ina Garten right after this. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, 
We've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. I was interested in your views on aging because I'll be... 65 in January. Oh, such a child. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think, especially women, we still have so much to offer and still have so much energy. And how are you feeling about getting a little, a bit, the maturing process? <laughs> <laughs> a little creakier, but the brain is still working just fine. Um, I, you know, I think you can spend a lot of time worrying about it. It's just not worth it. Because it's going to happen anyway. I think, um, I mean, I think the key is really staying engaged and doing things that you love doing and just, um, I mean, I just, I, I, I hope they drag me up by my feet. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not giving up anything And staying curious and interested. And, and, you know, what's great about you, and I hope that I have some of this too, is that we're always looking for new challenges. Yeah. At the same time, really kind of appreciating staying in the moment yeah. and being present for right. whatever it and is happening. And not worrying about the future. Just doing, just doing what we do. You and I do the same thing. We do what we do really well, and the next thing, just it shows up. You've, you described something about like being on a, in a stream. It, tell yeah, everyone I think what you were saying. A, a, friend, a friend of mine who's a therapist said that um, we're all in a stream and we're swimming in a stream. And if you keep hitting against the riverbanks, you're in the wrong stream. But if the stream is carrying you along, then you're in the right stream. But and you I, also have to relax enough to let the stream carry you. have carry. to get in the pond in order to yeah. let, get in the stream. You can't, you can't do it from the riverbank. You have of, to be in the stream. Lots of water analogies here. Okay, so so I have a couple of questions. Um, oh, what was your biggest cooking disaster? Me? Cooking disaster? <laughs> I think once when Jeffrey and I were first married, I made something with ground beef and corn that was awful. Really? <laughs> yeah. That sounds awful. It was awful. Like Hamburger Helper. It's, I think it probably tasted like Hamburger Helper. What was, what's Jeffrey's favorite dish? Probably roast chicken. Really? You, you told <laughs> or I me- would say that the last thing that I made, whatever I've made for him, he goes, it's the best thing you've ever made. <laughs> I mean, is that a good husband or what? <laughs> we all need a Jeffrey in our lives. Um, okay, so here's some rapid fire questions. Oh, I've got and some I, for you too. You've got actually. some for yep. me as well. Okay, all right, Ina, what's your favorite junk food? Come on. Favorite junk food? <laughs> I don't know, is ice cream junk food? No. 
No, no I mean, do you been... like any kind of like crap? I don't, I don't. You don't? I really don't. All right, well. I'm sorry. That's all right. I like potato I chips. You like, oh, uh, potato chips in that category? I like potato okay, chips. Okay, yeah, okay. What foods do you absolutely hate? Oh, I know the answer to this. Cilantro. <laughs> no, oh. I love cilantro. Oh. Okay, what would be your last meal if you had to pick it? You know, I had uh, somebody made a meal for me in Paris that was incredible. My favorite thing in the world is Chateau Ikem Sauterne, which is like a sweet dessert wine. And she served every single course with Chateau Ikem, which sounds crazy, like you wouldn't drink a sweet dessert wine for um, a main course. But she served foie gras with Chateau Ikem, which goes together really well. And then she made lobster with grapefruit with a little Chateau Ikem with sauterne, which is delicious, and an apple tart. That was my favorite meal ever. Really? It was and just the simplicity of it, and that every course was served with sweet dessert one was just <laughs> so luxurious. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Um, I, I was going to say what food I hated is, is that what? I would never eat. What? If it what? Just what? Shad roe. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you like I that? I don't, I don't like odd things. My I, dad I used to love shad roe, and it is so nasty. Okay. <laughs> or like uh, sweet, what? sweetbreads is mine. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is your favorite spice or ingredient? My favorite ingredient? Vanilla. Vanilla. I and love you make vanilla. vanilla. I make my own vanilla by putting vanilla beans in vodka and let them sit for like six months. I have a jar that's been going for like 35 years. Yeah. Actually, maybe 40 now. Do you take a little nip every no. now and then? No, <laughs> drink it. <laughs> okay, um, I know you're a Swifty. What's your favorite uh, um, Taylor Swift song? Shake it off. Okay. <laughs> What's your go-to cocktail other than a giant Cosmo? Um, whiskey sour. A whiskey sour. I love whiskey okay. sour. Everybody like whiskey sour. And um, I already asked you what, Jeff sour, what Jeffrey's favorite dish was. So now you've okay, got some I questions have, for actually, me. On the way down, Katie and I realized we both had pop quizzes. So she's now on the hot seat. What's the movie you've seen the most? Um, love Actually. That's great. Yeah. That's a good I one. I watch it every that's, Christmas. That's I love a good it. one. What food makes you happy? Cupcakes. Cupcakes. Oh, yeah. good. I know what to make you. <laughs> What's the best job you've ever had? Probably the Today Show. Yeah. 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 And I think I know what the worst job you've ever had is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best present you ever got. The best present I ever got. Oh, gosh. I thought, hmm. I don't know. Wendy, do you have any ideas for a lot the best? Of, a lot of people chose, choose something that's from their childhood. Oh, I know. My grandmother, my nana, yeah. who, grew, who she was from Omaha, but originally from Alex City, Alabama, married an architect. My grandfather lived in Omaha with Buddy, my uncle. <laughs> um, my my grandmother um, has the most had the most beautiful collection of purses that she bought in Paris. Wow! And um, my mom had them all wrapped in tissue paper in a drawer in my sister Emily's room, and my mom gave me one of those purses. And then when my mom passed away, my sister Kiki and I divided up the purses. Yeah. So I have these just beautiful vintage little bags, purses. vintage bags yeah. from Paris that my daughters cannot wait to get their hands on. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, great. That, I think, was my favorite gift. And, and my last question is from a very famous interviewer, James Lipton. If heaven, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive? 
Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to know what your room looks like? <laughs> as long as he says there's no room, as long as he doesn't say there's, there's no, or she doesn't say, oh, doesn't there's, say there's no, no room, room at here. the end, I'll be happy. <laughs> I know this was so, was fun. so much fun. Thank, Thank you so you. much for Thank doing you. this. That was so, just wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to the one and only Ina Garten. Her upcoming new show is called Be My Guest. It will air sometime in 2022, and you'll be able to find it on Discovery Plus and the Food Network channel. Word on the street is there might also be a companion podcast. So keep an ear out for that. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are me, Katie Couric, and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen, associate producers Derek Clements and Adriana Fazio. The show is edited and mixed by Derek Clements. For more information about today's episode or to sign up for my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call, go to katiecouric.com. You can also find me at Katie Couric on Instagram and all my social media channels. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.